We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, welcome in, everybody. It is the latest edition of the High Stakes Lowdown, a special Pre-week 10 edition. We are in the double digits for weeks already. Um, uh, plenty of 9-0 and teams are happy. Plenty of 8-1, and 7-2 and teams are in the thick of it. And if you're, you know, 5-4, and 4-5, and 3-6, and six, hey, you still got a shot. And the 2-7, and 1-8 and eight teams, uh, don't anger the fantasy gods. Keep competing. Keep going hard, whether you're playing in the FFPC, the Football Guys Players Championship, or what have you. Uh, once again, welcome into the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Networks, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and of course, the FFPC. Uh, before we get into the show tonight, I want to remind everybody, uh, RV Radio 2022 is your ticket to a 10% discount at Road of His. And if you're looking for some action this week, in the FFPC. Don't forget, we're not just season long at the FFPC. You can play in the weekly challenge every week. Uh, there's no draft, no salary cap in it. You can choose 10 or 12 players uh, by Sunday's kickoff and watch them ride through the weekend's games. If you want to play in the 10-player uh, format, you can do so uh, without kickers and defenses. You can play in the 12-team format with kickers and defenses. Remember, you can only pick one player per NFL team, just like the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge, and we can do this uh, on a weekly basis and have been and awarding a lot of great prizes. You can win up to $2,500 for a 2023 FFPC main event if you want to play in the 10-team winner-take-all $200 entry uh, game where if you can beat the other nine players, you will have a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event. That is 
a contest that will um, give you a free entry uh, or uh, beg your pardon for 200 bucks. You can win a free entry in the 2023 FFPC main event. And you can play for a million bucks uh, next year. Pretty good. Uh, you know, you could either fork over the better part of two grand next year to play in it, or you could win your way in with just a $200 entry fee. If you don't want to play for 200 bucks, that's cool. Uh, we have $35 entry fees as well. Uh, 30 team contest and a hundred team contest again with classic or uh, slim formats. That's all at myffpc.com. Do want to uh, welcome in my guest here. He should be in shortly, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, we uh, as, as we um, uh, are ready to welcome in a guy who has won a ton of uh, of um, national contests um, and uh, a guy that um, I, I believe has been on this show at least twice before. Um, a guy who has been on um, the high stakes fantasy football hour before and a guy who has won, uh, you know, seemingly, I, I don't even know how much, I mean, it's, it's well over six figures in, in grand prizes over the years. And a guy who is in third place in the uh, football guys players championship heading into week 10. I'm going to welcome him in right now. You know, him, you love him. Uh, he is uh, one of the OGs of this show. And uh, one of my favorite people to talk to in the fantasy football industry. Please welcome in Mr. Steven Rannigan. Steve, what's going on, man? What's good? How you doing, buddy? Great to great to talk to you. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure bringing you on. And once again, we got the obligatory when I was promoting you on Twitter uh, that you were going to make the appearance. Everybody just assumes you're Gordon Ramsay, man. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a lot. Like probably. 100 or 200 times so yeah <laughs> every time and it's sometimes it's the same people that that know you're well i've never seen you and gordon ramsay in the same room so clearly you guys could be the same person i don't that's know that's right that's I'm, right i'm willing to wager that you are a little bit more talented in the fantasy football uh world than than gordon ramsay is and you've demonstrated over the years um won a ton of stuff in nffc and rt and you're you're still chasing the ffpc main event but the football guys players championship you finished up there before as well, and now you're in third place heading into uh, to week 10. Um, I, I, I want to concentrate this first question on, I think a big part of the reason that you're in third place right now has been um, your um, drafting of a pair of rookies that that have been awesome this year. Chris Olave in New Orleans, Ken Walker up in Seattle. What did you see in those guys, um, you know, in the pre-draft process? And then obviously when you're on the clock and, and looking to pick up players like that, what did you see in Olave and Walker this year? Yeah, what's funny is I talked to some other folks about college football, and I, I honestly, I mean, I watched college football. I've probably watched more in the past couple of years than, you know, over the past 10 years or so. But, uh, you know, anytime I was watching Ohio State, I used to, you know, he just always caught my eye just as far as talent goes and just, um, you know, the separation and the speed and all that. And, um, you know, just, just kind of looking at, you know, how he was coming into New Orleans. I just, I kind of like that situation and with – um you know, Jameis Winston being able to throw um, the deep ball. Um, so, yeah, it was just uh, lots of um, lots of things that looked looked good for his situation. So I was, uh, you know, kind of leaning that way. Before I want to get your analysis on Ken Walker, but sticking with Olave, knowing that you like this player quite a bit, um, be, you know, before he was even drafted, you know, watching him at Ohio State, knowing that when he did get drafted in New into New Orleans, were you kind of looking at the other receivers there and saying, Michael Thomas hasn't played in like two years. Jarvis Landry might be past his prime. This is Olave's team. Did you kind of look at it from that point and, and kind of um, disregard those other two receivers there? 
Yeah, I'll do that sometimes. Like if there's, you know, just like you said, by process of elimination, if I look and see players I don't like on that roster that are, you know, high value players too, right? Highly drafted. Um, you know, I'll just, that'll sort of, you know, lead me more towards that way as well. So, um, but yeah, just all the, all the information coming out about him, um, you know, in camp and stuff, like it was just, you know, unbelievable, just, you know, all the different players, uh, you know, talking about a skill set and everything and, uh, just watching him. He looks like, you know, he looks like the real deal for sure. And, and Ken Walker, were you just trying to grab a piece of that Seattle running game? I mean, did you end up with like any penny or DJ Dallas or, um, or Chris Carson, depending upon how early you were drafting, how did you attack the Seattle running back situation? Was it simply Walker and no one else? Yeah, I've always been a Carson guy. So unfortunately that, you know, it, you know, it wasn't like I went crazy, um, you know, doing that, um, you know, over the summer, but, um, yeah, no, definitely like the system and such. And, um, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he's shown a lot, you know, in college and just a lot of that burst, right. That sort of home run ability and, um, you know, all the missed tackles and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, just, you know, also just, you know, kind of some of their, you know, some of the kind of stuff coming out about them with not being able to throw the ball. So I, you know, kind of like that as well. Um, but, um, he clearly looked dynamic. Um, so definitely, um, liked him. I, you know, he was injured there for a while. So it sort of got me off of that for a while, unfortunately. So I think sometimes I probably look too much into the news and sort of let it kind of get you a little bit, but, um, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, worked out okay in the end, I think. Um, let's talk about Kyron Williams here, because not only is he on your third place team in the football guys players championship, I know you have him on a lot of your teams, uh, so far this year. And I think it was a prudent investment given that we didn't know what was going on with that Rams backfield. Right. Um, and, uh, you were looking at Daryl Henderson, like this is when Cam Akers was not practicing with the team. You're looking at Daryl Henderson, you're looking at Malcolm Brown and, and, and Kyron Williams and, and Ronnie Rivers, you know, who made an appearance as well. Now that Akers is back, what are you doing with Williams uh, on your high stakes teams? Is is he a guy that that you're willing to cut at this point, given that his upside is a little bit capped if if the Rams want to give a lot of touches to a lot of different players in that backfield? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think Akers is was, was kind of probably a little too overhyped coming out. Um, you know, just the team just seems like such a mess right now. You know, so I just don't really know. It seems like you know they're going to be in a situation where they'll probably you know, kind of end up in a timeshare, but, you know, over the long run, it's, you know, seems like something you would hold at least for a little while. Right. Um, you know, I like the talent. I don't think it's like off the chart. Uh, he, he kind of reminds me of Connor a little bit, you know, like his size and the profile and all that. Um, but, um, yeah, just, you know, something I thought, you know, would be a good place to go, you know, at the time, I guess you could say. And you're not willing to cut bait on him right now, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Just with, you know, um, you know, Rivers looks pretty bad right now. And then, you know, Akers, I just think, you know, coming off that injury and, um, you know, Henderson looks pretty good, but just, you know, kind of not, you know, feature back. Right. So there's kind of a lot of things going on there. Um, but it just kind of makes me worry a little bit about kind of their game scripts and, you know, and, and things like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, just kind of who knows could come out of that backfield. Right. You know, like a lot of times these, you know, it looks a certain way and then just goes completely the other way for three or four weeks. So, and if those three or four weeks are in the championship round yeah. and you have Kyron Williams, it's, it could be very profitable for you. Yeah. Um, trade deadline was last week. The Lions shipped TJ Hawkinson to Minnesota. James Mitchell looks like he's the backup in Detroit. 
Robbie Anderson, even before the trade deadline, he gets shipped out to Arizona. Looks like Terrace Marshall is the guy to step up there. Three for 53 and his first NFL touchdown this past week. Um, you have both these guys, I, I think, on your third place team. I know you got them on a bunch of teams this year. Yeah. What do you expect from these guys going forward? Again, James Mitchell, tight end premium format like the FFPC. And then, of course, Terrace Marshall, a guy who a lot of people were excited about his rookie year, didn't really come to fruition. And now it maybe looks like there's something uh, to him in Carolina. Yeah, I think with Marshall, it's like he's always had the talent, like, you know, between the metrics and, you know, the the profile um, just has always had it. I just I wonder if he got, you know, kind of in the doghouse with one of those coaches, um, you know, or, you know, whether it was like the receivers coach or the offensive coordinator or, um, you know, you, a lot of times with guys like that, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But there's clearly like there's clearly something there. Right. If he was, you know, on another team. Um, you know, he could be, you know, going crazy. Right. So just, you know, that team's a little rough, but it seems like if they're out of games late in the year, you know, you just never know kind of, you know, how that could work out. Um, but, um, you know, it seems like, you know, Mayfield has a good connection with him and such. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of liked him. I kind of thought at draft time, he probably should have been drafted a little more, but just that situation, I think, you know, kind of warrants that not happening in some instances. So. What about um Mitchell in 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 Detroit? I mean, how how high are you on him? What he could be? And again, I think statistically speaking, at least going into the Packers game this past week, you're looking at a top five offense in the NFL as far as points are scored. So Mitchell should be meaningful. What do you like about him? Yeah, it's a, I was thinking, you know, kind of about that, you know, just like a few weeks ago, where there's so many athletic tight ends now, right? There just there's mm -hmm. so many of them that have been drafted over the past few years. It's honestly hard to keep track of them a little bit. Um, he looks a little bit more like a wide receiver. Um, but just, you know, with Hawkinson leaving and, um, you know, I think they'll they'll want to throw the ball. You know, I'm not really a huge Jamal Williams fan either and with Swift hurt, right? So it's just a matter of, um, you know, kind of looking at, you know, kind of how that could, you know, maybe unfold. I know they have another tight end there that they're high on also. So Rock, right, yeah. Yep. So you just don't know kind of, you know, that, that could end up in a timeshare or um, things like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, as you said, uh, I, I love the Lions coming into the season. I wish I had trusted myself a little more on that. Um, you know, I have some, but I just, I just really didn't trust it. I was, you know, not happy about that, but, but yeah, they look great. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think Jamal Williams has been paying off for a lot of people who got him in the mid rounds. Obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown been paying off big time as well. Will James Mitchell join that crew? It's certainly a possibility as we go through the stretch run of the season right now. Um, Naheem Hines, speaking of the trade deadline, he goes from Indianapolis to Buffalo. Short week this past week uh, to get him, you know, kind of in line with what the Jets or what the Bills wanted to do. Uh, it's kind of a short week, so it was tough to do. I think he was punt returning for him. I think he had one target. He didn't catch it. He got a zero uh, this past week uh, in that game. But Going forward, knowing that Buffalo has been craving a pass-catching running back, even going back to when they uh, tried to sign J.D. McKissick, and you think about them drafting James Cook in the second round of the NFL draft as well. Going forward, how does a pass-catching back like Naheem Hines affect what Devin Singletary has been doing for fantasy owners in Buffalo so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I like Singletary. I don't understand why they don't use him more. Like, I watch a lot of his runs, and it just looks like there's more there. I just don't know if it's – you know, he's kind of on the smaller side or just like they know that if they use him more that, um, you know, he'll break down possibly. Um, I'm not sure if you heard 
you know, with the Josh Allen news and mm-hmm. some of the Buffalo, you know, the way the, the Buffalo situation is going. If Allen were to miss any time, I would think Hines would be pretty good just because, you know, Keenum really not trusting himself and kind of checking down and things like that. So um, that's one of those things, you know, I think, you know, depending on how it goes, um, I, I think the problem with that is probably some of their game scripts. They're not, you know, they're leading big in most of those games, right? You know, it's like doesn't really lead to his skill set, you know, a lot. Um, but um, definitely a great player, you know. Um, but like I said, I do like Singletary, but I just don't understand why they don't use him more. I see some of the games and they'll, you know, have 50 yards in the first quarter and then he ends up with like 62. <laughs> it always, it, you know, it seemed like for the last several years, Buffalo has been trying to, find somebody to replace Singletary. Um, you know, you can look back to, to Zach Moss. You can look to the acquisition of Hines, the, the attempted acquisition of McKissick, and obviously the addition of Cook now. And and they always seem to be trying to improve there, yet Singletary keeps fighting off all all fenders there. Yes. And and a guy who still is the 1A uh, on that offense, and will he be a capital um, 1, capital O one? We'll, we'll find out down the stretch here as – Hines gets more acclimated into that role, but I think you've raised some good points about, um, you know, why why it might it might be fools uh, fools gold uh, with Naheem Hines to expect him to become this, you know, guy who's going to get ten targets every week in that offense. Um, yeah, what do you think about their offense? What do you think about Davis? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So so just I'll I'll talk about Davis in a second, but the yeah. thing is with Buffalo, it's it strikes me they they're a very weird team, right? Um, when it comes to how good they are and how they do it. They don't seem to run the ball, even when they're winning, for whatever reason. They, they yeah. continue to pass the ball. And obviously, Allen and Diggs and Davis and Knox um, contribute to that. And number two, um, you know, it seems like they don't give up a whole lot of passing yards when they probably should, right? Because they are winning all these games yeah, late. True. Um, they should be giving up more passing yards, and they really don't do it. Now, Micah Hyde went down a few weeks ago, their, their stud safety. I'm sure that and and Jordan Poyer has been hurt there on that yeah. offense too, or on that defense as well, which yeah. uh, is going to contribute. You saw what the Packers did in the second half of that Sunday night game. Rodgers right. was able to cut them up a little bit more um, yeah. once they were down with those defensive backs. So it's weird, you know. You, you normally see teams like that; they get out the big leagues, they the big leads, they run the football, they give up some passing yards. Buffalo doesn't really do either either one of those things, which is no. weird. Now with Gabe Davis, it's weird because um, at the start of the season during drafting season, I think everybody just wanted a piece of that Buffalo offense. And that included Gabe Davis. And that included Dawson Knox. Isaiah McKenzie was a real popular pick too. Um, and Davis is, is, is going to have these big games, but as we have seen throughout the season, you know, I remember towards the end of drafting season, the start of the season, um, people were talking about Gabe Davis, maybe being the the number one on this team and Diggs playing, you know, number two, yeah. um, going back to what Davis did in that AFC game against, um, Kansas City in the playoffs last year. We got the 200 yards and four touchdowns. I thought that was a little bit overblown. Um, I think Gabe Davis is super talented, but to me, it's clear at this point that Allen and Diggs have a special connection. Davis can be good, but the the big games for him are are few. I benched him in a league last week, Steven. I benched him in a league where I I played four receivers in front of him just because I was was concerned about the volume. And I think if you're going to roll with him, you feel all right about it going forward, but you got to understand he's going to have these two for 34 or or three for 28 weeks. I think that's just going to happen with how he is on this offense. Yeah, it looks like he's been a little injury prone too, kind of over mm-hmm. the short, like not majorly, but it just seems like he's dealing with things. And he plays, and he plays through it, which is good and bad because 
it's good and you can still start him, but it's also bad because, you know, if, if he's not up to his peak performance and, and, and peak athletic ability, that's going to hurt him a little bit. And then you have to weigh that in when you're submitting lineups on Sunday mornings, which, yep. uh, by the way, um, uh, <laughs> PR announcement, Munich, Germany, Seahawks, Buccaneers, 930 <laughs> Eastern time. Get those lineups set, everybody, early or oh. late on Saturday night. Make sure you don't miss out on that. We'll I hate those. I, I like too. watching the games, but I don't like setting the lineups. That's that's how I am. You know, I I Thursdays I, I set my lineups. You know, with the guys that are playing on Thursday, and then I'll get up early Sunday or right before I go to bed Saturday. I'll set the 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 Sunday morning games, but then I do the process all over again before the one p.m. games. You know, like you know, yep. trying to get uh, all my ducks in a row. But yeah, you're it, you're right. You get to watch four football games on Sunday, but setting those lineups Sunday morning it's not great. Yeah. Um, Continuing with the NFL trade deadline, Jeff Wilson, who went from San Francisco to Miami, um, actually outsnapped Raheem Mostert. Um, I don't think he outplayed him. I think statistically Mostert had the better performance, but Wilson was out there for more snaps. Um, when you look at at the Miami Dolphins now and Jeff Wilson's role on that team, is he a flexible guy going forward, um, given how often he was out on the field, or is Mostert still the guy for you there? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I guess I'd say I, I kind of like both of them equally. I'm a big, like, Jeff Wilson fan. <laughs> um, you know, I just think he's always been a good runner. He's always um, – it just seems like he gets going for four games and he's running to the end zone, he, you know, rips his calf apart. You know what I mean? Just always <laughs> seems to be – just always seems to be something um, with him. But, um, 
geez, when he's out on the field, I think he's like one of the top, like 15 backs, 20 backs, you know, in the league. Um, but, uh, most are, as long as he's staying healthy, I mean, he's just, you know, he can, you know, just, you know, bust a run any minute, you know? So, um, I like both of them really, honestly. Um, yeah, I'd like to have both of them, but, um, you know, you can't have that, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, I definitely like him moving forward, just, you know, in that offense. And then, you know, I think kind of later in the season, you know, like some folks have mentioned, once the weather gets a little colder, right. It's, uh, you know, some of the game plans can change a little bit. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely like him. And, you know, like I said, always have, and always have liked the skill set. It's like the 49ers East now with Mike McDaniel, Jeff Wilson, and Raheem Mostert all there. Could be a good thing for Mostert too, because if Wilson is is getting out there consistently, that's going to keep Mostert healthy longer, right? Because he's not going to have to touch the ball 20, 25 times a game. And, um, you know, a guy like him, if he's touching at 12 to 15, that might be enough to be a flex-worthy guy in, in that Miami offense with how good they're humming right now. Um, on the flip side of that, Denver's offense not humming along right now. They add Chase Edmonds, uh, Chase Edmonds from the Miami Dolphins, the Broncos do. And, and now you have Edmonds. They already added Latavius Murray a few weeks back off the New Orleans practice squad. And, of course, Melvin Gordon. This is all in the wake of the Javante Williams ACL tear. You look at that backfield right now, Stephen. Are, are any of these guys startable or, or even rosterable now going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think some games Gordon could be okay, but it's just like you're just guessing, I think, you know, with right. that. But, you know, later in the year, if there's some attrition, right, that could work out. Um, never been an Edmonds guy. I just don't – I don't get the – I just don't get why people draft him so high. Never have, you know, never will really unless it's like a perfect situation if he goes to a team like the Chiefs or something. Mm-hmm. But – um it's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm not a Murray fan, but he seems to produce when he's out there. You know, you give him the ball on the 10-yard line. Some of these backs, they can't get in the end zone. You know, you give him the ball five and six times, and they're lucky if they get the ball in the end zone. He just seems like he's got a nose for the end zone. So a lot of times, you know, when you're struggling to find roster spots, that's that's a good play really sometimes to me. Um, you know, not, not the number one play or second or third play, right? But if it's like your last flex and you're in a jam or something, I think sometimes that can work out, right? So for you, Murray and Gordon, yes, on your roster. Edmonds for you, probably not. No, and I, you know, I could just be the wrong person to be talking to about it, but I just never, never have seen the, the allure with him. I mean, I know he had some of those years with all the, all the catches and stuff, and um, I think he's like five six or something. He's like, it's just I, I don't know some of these backs. I don't know how they survive. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we, we we saw the um we we saw the the report from Tony Pollard this past week, where um you know he was um essentially the full time guy for Dallas, and he said after thirty snaps his his body that was it for him. He felt yep. exhausted. You know, for so every you think about all these people, and, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but a lot of high stakes players again for the last two or three years have been saying. You know, free Ezekiel or free Tony Pollard. You know, Elliot is is the much worse back, and now you see what happens when Pollard is the full time guy. You know, this is not this is not a he is not the long term solution as the the one A running back there. I think he needs Ezekiel Elliott um, to be at his best. Uh, you, you look at what he's been able to do against non eight man boxes over the last two or three years when he's running outside the tackles. He's been cr- even inside the tackles. Then he's been crushing it, but when you overload him that's when you run into problems. Yeah. And um, I think, I'm, I think I'm guilty of that sometimes too. Just saying like, just give him the ball more, but you know, like you said, you don't, 
understand, you, you know, the damage they go through in the trenches, oh, yeah. there, I guess. Right. So. I think I, I and I might have heard this on another. I think Sigmund Bloom might have been talking about this on, on one of his podcasts. And I think I read it somewhere, too, that, you know, every game for a running back, for like a, a, a bell cow running back, it's like going through five or six car accidents. It's like the same same equivalent on your body. Um, it's going through five or six car and, and they're, they're doing this every Sunday in a three hour span. It, it's just crazy to me. Wow. And then people wonder why the end value is running back. Cause you know, they're putting them through such hell. Right. Um, let's talk about Kate Otten here. Um, because I, I think it was interesting to see what he did over. So in week eight, he gets five. Tar- okay. Let, let's go back to week seven at Carolina. He gets five targets. He catches four of them for 64 yards week eight. Um, five targets again. He only catches two of them for 15 yards. But then this past week, six targets, five catches, 68 yards, and his first ever NFL touchdown. Steven, I was talking to people in August this past year, some pretty pretty good high-stakes players like yourself, that, that said when Gronkowski retired, they were actually looking at Otten as the main guy in this, in this offense at tight end, uh, as opposed to Cameron Brait, who the Buccaneers gave a lot of money uh, to, right, this offseason. Yep. And now it looks now it's come it's it's taken all the way to week seven for him to get going. But Otten looks like an interesting guy. Now, again, the German game against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday morning. This seems like another pretty good matchup. Does he keep it going? Is this a guy that you should be flexing out and tight end premium leagues this week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's um, you know, Brady, it can be, you know, seeing him over the years here so closely, you know, he can it almost infuriates you because you know, he's got this a certain town on the field and he won't throw to them. And then he'll make one pass to them. That's, you know, at their feet and he'll mm-hmm. drop it and then doesn't see another target for two weeks. Right. So I think once that player gets going with him, I think it does take off like that. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. And no, I, I, I think you're making a good point. And remember this was, you know, you look at that final drive against the Rams, and I, I, this is from memory, so I might I might be getting this wrong, but I feel like Otten was the guy in that. It wasn't Evans. It wasn't Godwin. It wasn't Fournette. Like, he, he, Otten was the guy he was going to, which is really interesting when you consider, not that I'm comparing Otten to Gronk or Hernandez, yeah. but Brady has focused on the tight end uh, position a lot in, in his offenses, and maybe Otten, maybe there's something here. You know, think about in FFPC leagues, um, you could have missed on tight end totally – and at, at, at a certain point this year, not only gotten Kate Otten off the waiver wire, but Greg Dulcich in Denver as well, who looks like he's really coming on, yep. which is going to be very compelling going forward. Sure. Um, Indianapolis Colts, I don't know what's going on there. They just announced their the, their play caller today. I think it was Parks Frazier is going to be calling plays. Um, the Colts, after Jeff Saturday was named the interim coach there, they have zero coaches on their roster that have any play calling experience in the NFL. Now Frazier is going to be calling them going forward. This is a team that essentially has fired their starting quarterback three weeks ago in Matt Ryan. Two weeks ago, they fired their offensive coordinator. This past week, they fired their head coach. Um, so Jim Irsay is just, you know, he says, you know, I believe in our in our quarterback going forward. And then, you know, he is, I know he gets hurt, but essentially he was benched. Believe in our play calling, OC gets fired. I believe in Frank Reich. Frank Reich's going to be around here. No, he's not. He's, he was fired. So I, I don't really know what to expect from them. You have an interim head coach in Jeff Saturday. I don't know what Parks Frazier is going to do. He's the offensive, um, you know, passing coordinator and quarterbacks coach on this team. Um, with in regards to to what you can expect um, in Week Ten, um, what what are we thinking here, Stephen? Well, like what? Who do you start? Do you sit anybody 
from Indianapolis. Are you breaking ties against Colts this week, knowing that there there is an unknown with their players? Yeah, I think um, I'm a huge Jeff Saturday fan. I've always been a Colts fan, so I, I hope he does great. I just, um, you know, I, I, I think he'll probably do a little bit better than what people think, but just, you know, from the sounds of it, it just, he's got to come in, like get his own staff, kind of get mm-hmm. everybody up to speed and kind of work with, you know, all kinds of new people. And then, you know, kind of get going and, you know, supposed to hit the ground running. So that, you know, from a football standpoint, that probably won't happen. But, man, I think with a lot of those Colts players, I, I find I find it hard that you could bench them with the, with, with all these bye weeks, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I mean, could you bench a Pittman or, a, um, you know, if you have Campbell or Pierce or something? Yeah, probably the last two you could probably bench if you have someone that, you, you know, that you think is in a better situation. But. I don't really see how if Taylor even started or Pittman that you could even bench those guys, um, even with Ellinger throwing the ball. But maybe with Ellinger throwing the ball, I I don't know how um, how hurt Ryan is either. But, man, I'd love to see Ryan back there. I just don't understand why. I mean, I guess from a winning standpoint, you know, he's probably better for that. But from a fantasy standpoint, he's just seen so much better, you know. Um, what what do, Are you a Paris Campbell or an Alec Pierce guy? Wh- which way do you fall in on this for fantasy the remainder of the season? Yeah, I like both. I've always been a Paris Campbell uh, fan. Um, just not sure his game sort of fits the league, really, you know, um, just with, you know, kind of how they're playing a lot of these coverages this year and such. Um, you know, I think he could become like a like a possession receiver over time. Um, but, you know, he's like it's a great story, kind of what he's been through. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'd love to see him do well. Um but again, I love the Colts. I just, you know, you're saying I have a hard time finding the right spots to take them, mm-hmm. you know, like for different reasons. And, um, you know, it seems like the line was supposed to be really good. And it seemed like right from the beginning of the preseason, it was all screwed up kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, from what I recall. Um, so um, I think there could be something there, though, you know, like over the long, the long haul of the season. That, that, that would be my just a guess. But. We'll, we'll learn more, obviously, this week when, when we get a, a game of information when the Colts take on the Las Vegas Raiders in Sin City this week. Um, Raiders opening up at three-and-a-half-point favorites uh, after all the tumult that has gone on in Indiana <laughs> this week. Uh, Raiders are now up to six-point favorites in that game, so that's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, a, another guy that we're, we're looking to get more information on and, and see him in action more, we saw him a little bit, uh, this past Sunday when uh, the Chiefs took on the Titans. Um, they go to overtime. Kadarius Tony, uh, he only gets two targets, but he caught both of them for 12 yards. I think that's more catches than he had all this season with the New York Giants, and and he's already and, – and the Chiefs gave up a, some decent draft capital to get him. This is a uh, wide receiver core that seemed like Juju Smith-Schuster was coming on, but Sky Moore, he'd gotten next to nothing. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been next to nothing aside from maybe one good game. Um, and, and obviously, McCole Hardman still McCole Hardman, you know, a boomer bust type guy. But looking at, at this week now in Jacksonville, he gets the full week of practice. Kadarius Tony, we don't have the six teams on by, but he still have four teams on by this week. Are you more likely to start Tony um, on more of your rosters this week, uh, Stephen, or, or or bench him still? Yeah, he he something doesn't seem right with that guy. That's just me. Um, just a combination of like off the field, everything. Um, you know, obviously he's electric. I think he's on the best team he possibly could be on, mm-hmm. you know, like as far as, you know, there's probably one or two other teams I think that, you know, he'd be perfect for, but uh, you know, he's got the best chance possible 
to succeed. Um, I think he'll probably need an injury there, which will probably happen. So um, I think he's a good good guy to have on your roster. I'm just not sure that's the guy I would, you know, like run to start. But if I saw him on my bench and I didn't have anything else left, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I'll play him, you know. But um, definitely as a skill set, I just don't know, like in the long run, how he's going to turn out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, it's like a lot of these, you know, kind of, gadgety players you know if, if they get with the right coach and the right system you know it could be perfect right but that's you know you're trying to like you know kind of fit that piece into the puzzle right so it's got a, a lot has to go right you know so if tony does come on in kansas city uh, you think that's still a, a few weeks away and, and in the and in the meantime it doesn't really hurt a guy like juju smith schuster who is really coming on yeah i don't think so i don't think so i mean Juju, it seems like he's, you know, kind of had some of these head injuries. And I, I worry about him anytime he kind of goes over the middle, right? Just for, for whatever reason. I just, but he looks like he's um, kind of rejuvenated there and, and healthy and everything, you know? So, um, but um, yeah, they definitely could use, you know, kind of like a different, you know, a different weapon to kind of get, you know, get those guys open sort of across the middle, right? So, might might be good for uh, Travis Kelsey too if Smith Schuster and Tony are taking care of the perimeter on on the outside and getting downfield that should free up stuff for Kelsey over the middle. Not that you need another reason to start that guy. He's been awesome <laughs> once again this year. Um, final question here for you, Stephen, on this Tuesday night. Uh, one sleeper player. I don't know how much you've looked at Week Ten lineups already, uh, but one sleeper player that that not a lot of FFPC players probably will start, but you think probably should get in their lineups. And then a guy that um, people, maybe it's just an automatic start uh, and and you're just, you don't feel great about it, but you're still starting him. But a guy that you think people are going to be disappointed with uh, if they do start him in week 10. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, two, two, uh, I was thinking kind of that you actually mentioned one of them, Auten might be one mm-hmm. of them. That's kind of like a long, kind of a long shot type of thing. And then I think uh, Josh Palmer, I think those other two receivers are going to be a wreck the whole year. So mm-hmm. you, even if both of them come back, I, I would still kind of like that. Um, just um, I think he's going to be unbelievable, that guy. He's, I think he's got it all. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I like him this week. And then for one that I can't prepare this time, because you've asked me this before, and I'm not. Right. And one that I didn't really um, um, like too much was Fournette, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I just – he's somebody I, I think nobody would bench, right? But just not um, – I don't know if there's something wrong or just, you know, the line or something, but he just looks completely out of it, really. He's had a, he's had a couple of good games. The thing is he still even puts up good points even when he has, like, some of these bad games. Yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. all the catches, right? Exactly. You know, that and that can save you. Now, I'll bring this up as long as you're bringing uh, Leonard Fournette up. Greg Allman for, um, covers the Buccaneers City Athletic said that, and I'm going to quote him here, he says the momentum will likely be with Rashad White by the end of the season in the Tampa backfield. And Allman uh, says that even though Fournette was getting the snaps, um, not only at this past week but in previous weeks, um, if he doesn't get it going, then we could see – you know, Rashad White season, as the kids say, um, going forward. And so this is just a sort of a, a forewarning to anybody out there. I know we have one more six team bye week coming up, but a forewarning out there, if you can have, can find a way to keep Rashad White on your roster, do it because this guy, if you're talented enough to get your team to the championship round, like Steven Rannigan is maybe Rashad White is a guy that you could be looking at as a potential league winner in those final few weeks. 
Yep. I think that um, if you uh, are ever wanting to do better in your fantasy football leagues, talking to the original league winner, Stephen Rannigan, is always a good decision. So hopefully uh, everybody tuning in tonight uh, enjoyed listening and, and, and uh, you know, be, us being able to pick your brain. I know I enjoyed it, Stephen, as I always do, talking shop with you. Uh, congratulations on getting all the way to third place in the Football Guys Players Championship. I know when it comes to national tournaments, the top 10, you are no stranger to. You've done very, very well for yourself. <laughs> you not, only come, not only coming close to the mountaintop, but finishing the season on the mountaintop. I know you're still looking for another big one. Uh, you cash in on the playoff contest. Maybe this is your year in the Football Guys Players Championship. I wish you nothing but the best of luck the rest of the way. Thank and uh, we'll do this again soon, man. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It means a lot, man. Uh, uh, honestly, it's uh, fun to come on and talk to you. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wish the best for FFPC. Hope you guys are doing good. Looks like you're doing great. You know, I know you guys sold out pretty quickly. Um, awesome site. Great contest. So really appreciate it. I hope your Packers, and I'm not, I'm not giving you a dig here. I hope yeah. they get better. I think they may sneak in there hopefully but uh um, we'll see they got to get going yeah they do they do and and when you you only score nine points against a historically bad defense steven <laughs> i'm not holding my breath for this team to turn it around uh when mike mccarthy uh comes back to town with his cowboys sunday afternoon i'll be at the game at lambeau field hopefully oh, i bring home a win but i i don't know man at this point i just i don't know what to expect uh awesome. so good to talk to you dude be good good luck in week nine good you uh, week too. 10 Thanks. your pardon Tired. yeah you bet Steven Rannigan, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the third place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship. As uh, we head into week 10, great to talk with him. Um, and anytime we were lucky enough to, to pick his brain, I, I think we're all better uh, fantasy football players because of it. So I do want to thank him uh, for coming on. I want to remind everybody to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. You can play in the slim format without kickers and defenses and form your best 10 players. You can play with kickers and defenses, form your best lineup with 12 players. Um, just get them in by Sunday's kickoff, and then you will uh, be able to watch them ride uh, throughout the rest of the weekend can play uh, and win $2,500 or a 2023 FFPC main event team. All you got to do is beat out nine other players and you get a free main event entry. Uh, you cannot beat that. You can play for $200 or for $35 for an entry fee in a 30-team contest, a 10-team contest, a 100-team contest. That's all at myffpc.com. Uh, I want to thank Stephen Rannigan. Uh, as uh, you may or may not know, I do a show on the Better Sports Network uh, from 10 to midnight Eastern time on Wednesday nights. I'll be doing that again tomorrow. You can check that out on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and YouTube. But I strongly encourage you to download the Better Sports Network app from uh, Google Play and the App Store so you can um, get in on all the great contests and giveaways we have going on on there. Um, you can reach out and join the video stream yourself um, when you have the app. Uh, you can also call into the show with one push of a button. Uh, that's always been fun when we get those players uh, or those, you know, fantasy football enthusiasts to come on and uh, can ask our questions with myself and a rotating guest. Tomorrow's guest is uh, Josh Hayes from Rotoballer. You hear him on SiriusXM, uh, Rotoballer Radio, and you check out all his work at rotoballer.com. He will chop it up with me from 10 until midnight uh, tomorrow night. Friday, we return live with the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, myself and Farrell Elliott along with the 15th place team in the FFPC main event, chasing a million dollar grand prize. John Donatio will be our guest there. Uh, don't miss that 10, nine central. Uh, thank you so much for watching everybody streaming, downloading, wherever you're getting this good luck in uh, week 10. And we will do this again. We'll see you here um, at 10, nine central on Friday night. Otherwise uh, road of his high stakes slowdown. 
We'll be back at 10, 9 central this coming Tuesday. Thanks for watching everybody. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.